Hello, I'm Josh McKinney. Hello, I'm Evan McKinney. Welcome to Local League Big Ideas. A podcast exploring the ins and outs of baseball from different points of view. Join us weekly as we discuss and dissect the sport we love with guests from all perspectives and backgrounds. Covering t-ball to pros and everything in between. Play Play ball. ball! Hey, it's Josh and Evan. We're coming back from a uh, little bit of an extended break. <laughs> yeah, we took our took our leave, I guess. Yeah, um, good good couple of months. <laughs> it was fun though. Yeah, well, we were getting ready for our season, our our local little league starting up right now, and I'm managing the team that Evan plays for. Yeah, well, I mean, I think we're all getting back into the groove of base the baseball world, really. You know. Yeah, actually, lots of practices, games, scheduling, rescheduling with rain, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm loving it. But, yeah, we're kind of getting into the groove of things now. We've had our first couple of games of the regular season. It's, it's really fun. I'm yeah, sure. yeah. Team's looking good. It's it's interesting to see people that haven't played since the fall trying to kind of get back on the horse and knock the rust off and, you know, all those other things. Right. And it's fun to see which pl- players have practiced during the winter. And you, it's evident, you know, it really comes oh, yeah. comes to mind. Like, But once we get a good little part of the way through our season, a lot of times it kind of, everybody kind of evens out again. Right, yeah. So, yeah, today this is a pretty fun episode. I'm excited. We're going to be talking about baseball superstitions. Oh, yeah, there's tons of those out there. I mean, that's, that's pretty much a whole subgenre we could have done a whole show about. We are today. Oh, oh yeah. Well, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, first, we're going to do our little news segment. Actually, there's there's not a ton of news around, but uh, going around the MLB and stuff. But um, the MLB, MLB and even local little leagues are all getting into the swing of regular seasons, like we were just saying. Um, many major league parks, though, are actually finally allowing fans as well as local leagues. I know we're allowed to be at about 50% of what our normal league allows yeah that's actually a really big step moving forward you know i mean that might yeah i mean i'm excited to see some real games like the flying squirrels our local team <laughs> yeah and i think i think people overall are just kind of ready to maybe start moving forward with life a little bit yeah so that's good um uh, one interesting little piece of news it, it's not really news i just thought it was an interesting little thing was that um this is from the mlb that angels pitcher and slugger Shohei Otani actually played left field in a recent game. Okay, I'm sorry. This is really exciting for me. Well, I never got to have Babe Ruth in my life, so this might be this might be the beginning of a, cert- a similar kind of thing, you know? I highly doubt it. He's he's a phenomenal hitter for a pitcher. Remember when we turned that one game on in the first pitch we saw, he cracked into the stands. Remember, it was like 450 feet. Yeah, but. You know, over the course of the season, he's going to hit some. He's going to hit a huge amount of home runs for a pitcher, but he's not going to be in like the slugging title contention yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, he may not make the record books, but you never know. We'll we'll watch. watch I, I kind of see him more as kind of a jack of all trades. I think he's a serviceable pitcher. He's a serviceable hitter. He can kind of put put it. You can put him where you need him, kind of. Yeah. I I don't think he's going to even go to the Hall of Fame or anything. I don't know. I mean. It's early in his career. We'll probably see more of him later on. I'm excited, though, either way. Yeah, I guess that bodes well for you. <laughs> yeah. Since you like to pitch a lot. <laughs> right, yeah. It's fun to have someone to root for And like you played that. left field in our last game some, oh, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. 
darn. Maybe uh, maybe you should change your last name to something more Asian sounding and you'll have a better <laughs> career. McKinney's not going to cut it. No, I guess that's too Irish. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, we've got our interesting fact coming up, so hit him, Evan. Oh, yes. So actually, I'm really liking this one. In 1916, a lesser-known baseball record was set when the Asheville Tourists battled it out with the Winston-Salem Twins. A full nine-inning game was played, though the contest was wrapped up all in the blistering time of 31 minutes. Wow. Short games like this were much more common in the early days of baseball. Because, um, back then, <laughs> listen to me. Back then, the visiting team usually had time constraints as they needed to catch trains home. It is said that in this particular game, fielders tried to creep to the dugout before the inning was over, and pitchers just lobbed the ball to the plate, hoping for quick at-bats, like fielding assists and such. Yeah. Um, the price of admission was refunded to angry spectators after the game was through. <laughs> yeah, that um, really shows how the game has evolved as well as the transportation system. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's amazing to think, like, can you be imagine, like, I'm just going to kind of put half effort into this so I can get back get back to my family. Right. Well, in the late 1800s or, you know, early 1900s, people had, you know, a five-hour train ride after a game back somewhere. And that's if they were playing on the same coast. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, nowadays it's, it's nothing for, you know, a, a team from California to play in New York and then just fly – Five hours back home. It's the same time to go all the way across. <laughs> it's amazing. Whereas, oh man, a, a plane trip across. I mean, a um, train train trip across the country. That's oh, that's a couple days. Yeah, it's a couple easily. boring, dreary days. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So uh, so now we're gonna slip into our talk of superstitions. Slip in. When um. I know when I was playing, I, I played when I was growing up until like high school age, but um, whether it was before or after or even a few times during a game, I always had one, not, not two, not three, the number you shall count to shall be one, <laughs> but I always had one hot dog with only ketchup and relish on it. And I don't even really particularly like those two toppings as my favorite hot dog toppings it's just what i always had wow i mean it's it's nice how everybody has their own little thing that's that's just theirs i like that you know i should have my hot dogs like that i, I really like that well then it wouldn't be your own thing right yeah i i always do either everything on it or just ketchup but it's not a superstition <laughs> do you have um, any uh superstitions that you do well um as as has um, it has been evident in the past couple of seasons, I don't like to cut my hair until the season ends from the beginning. Yeah, that has been, at least for the past few seasons, I've noticed that's been kind of your thing. It gets really shaggy over the course of the season. Then once the season's over, you kind of you cut it off so we can look forward to the next season. Well, I think the first time around, it was just um, after the season, you got tired of looking at the eyes or of super long hair and it's just like we should just cut this off <laughs> well yeah it's become our our pattern now it's you know once it gets towards the end of the season it's like it's kind of shearing the sheep you know <laughs> i really like that you've been allowed to uh to cultivate your 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 fluff of wool over the course of the season <laughs> <laughs> you know it insulates you keeps you cool keeps you warm if you need to be warm yeah. makes you look intimidating i guess it's like one of those yeti mugs 
And it's more like one of those Yeti pelts. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So but yeah, there's um, but but outside of our own, you know, personal little things, and I mean, I I remember playing with kids on my team that had weird stuff, like they would they would bang their bat on the front of their helmet, or they would, you know, only drink blue Gatorade or red Gatorade or something. Or one kid I think always had like a blue blow pop before every game. Weird. It, so a lot of times when you're kids too, it's like it's food stuff because oh you, yeah. you really make connections with that kind of thing. Well, um, well, past past our general our little superstitions, um, major league players, and as well as everybody has yeah. just like general ones that are like kind of followed. Yeah, like, yeah. There's some general know. ones for sure that everybody just kind of and, it, and it's become part of baseball culture. Everybody just kind of follows it. It's like right. you, you either do that thing or you don't do that thing. Well, the first one that comes to mind: don't step on the line. Yeah, the foul line. That's uh, that probably just became a thing because coaches and groundskeepers got tired of having to redo lines before games, so they probably were like, hey, it's bad luck, you know? Can I tell you what? I actually read something. The foul lines used to be like bumps in the old days, so they oh, would step okay. over them, and that kind of translated over. Oh, that makes sense. I didn't even ever think about that. Yeah, that's. I thought that was pretty interesting. So it was actually just like they kind of raised a little bit of a mound. Right, almost. It was like, it was like the rest was like a trench, like... I guess that helped with determining with whether a ball went out or stayed in because it would if it hit the bump and stayed in then it was obviously in. That'd actually be a good rule for like major leagues to implement, like put it back in. But that could be uh, dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like you'd be tripping over things or bumping into things and stuff like that. Yeah. But you know, funny enough, some players it's not nearly as common, but some players actually have the habit of purposely stepping on the line before the game. Those there's one of those on our team and. It always gets on our nerves <laughs> before every game. But they think that a lot of those players that do that, even at the major league level, that purposely step on the line, they think that they do it because they are trying to be, you know, against rituals, but then they end up making that their ritual. Right, yeah. It's like they're outcasts, but they're they're the pioneers in a way. <laughs> right. And another funny uh, kind of general one, you don't have to worry about it for a few more seasons, I don't think, but a lot of pitchers don't like to shave on game day. Oh yeah, it'll be a couple more years. I don't I'm I've had a peach fuzz since I was seven, but nothing more really. Yeah. <laughs> but but I'm uh and then a lot of times they pitcher not only pitchers, but entire teams will extend that into their postseason, like if they're in the playoffs and stuff like that. Right. The a lot of times pitchers and whole teams will just let their playoff beards grow and <laughs> it just gets totally out of control. Right. It's like are we in like some sort of contest or what? <laughs> and well, and a lot of this stuff seems to be based around pitchers. Yeah. I'm just going to say well, I mean, sometimes the pitcher based stuff carries to position players. Like like the players on your team might not mention a no hitter and announcers like everybody's like, oh, no, there's a no hitter. Be quiet. Shh, you know, right. It's kind of like saying the word rain on a game day. Nobody oh, wants yeah. to say that. That's bad luck also because intent it rained on our last game. <laughs> but I think we were being we got a little bit of punishment from the rain gods. We were we were as a, as a team trying to be really good about not saying the R word. We saw the clouds. We could feel the breeze. We could feel the sprinkles, and we all tried really hard not to say it, and we ended up being able to play the whole game. Yeah, it was a good game, by the way, nine to six. <laughs> yeah, definitely in our <laughs> um, favor. In our favor. Um, one of the other things with uh, pitching stuff, 
you know, there's a lot of superstition around the pitching position because it's such an important position. One is that position players, it's considered really bad luck to step on the mound. Oh, yeah, during during the game, right. Just at all, it's considered bad luck to step on the mound because that's considered kind of like sacred space for the pitcher. <laughs> I can see it in my mind now. A position player has to, like, retrieve a ball, and it's like, no, you do it, you do it. <laughs> and speaking of... um. Speaking of streaks, another <laughs> thing is that uh, players, when they're on, on a win streak, tend to not wash their uniforms uh, and underwear and all kinds of things. We did that last season. Yep, when we, we were in the playoffs. Yeah, we won the championship with dirty uniforms. We did. Our whole team smelled terrible, looked <laughs> terrible. But you you look tough like you're a winner. Like right, yeah. And that's that's what we inevitably were. Like um, when you're covered in field dirt, the other team's like, man, that team must be sliding in the home a lot. They must have grit, you know? Like <laughs> oh, we had plenty of grit, that's for <laughs> sure. So it was we all in our jerseys. Nothing but grit. Um, so now that we've touched on some general ones, I think we should move towards um, like some specific players, certain rituals, you know? Yeah, there's been some famous ones over the years. Actually, there's one I had to mention in this episode. It, it just seemed perfect. Larry Walker's obsession with the number three. Oh, yeah, you mentioned this oh, one to me. Oh, this one's insane. So, number 33, he would set his alarm for 33 minutes after an hour. He, oh, my gosh, he was married on th- at 333. He, he was insane. He signed a, a one-year, $3 million contract. I don't, it just doesn't end. He just loves three. I love four. He had three good years in the MLB. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, One of which he was the MVP. Sadly, both his first and last name only had two syllables. Oh. Nothing but even numbers there. Oh, no. It's terrible. I'm sure he resented his his parents. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then um, another famous one is. and you actually, I think, know more about this one. You were telling me about Babe Ruth with a, a second base thing. Yeah, this is really interesting. So whenever he was walking in from the outfield, he would stomp on second base. And he would just make sure to do it every single time. And if he didn't, it was really weird. He would run out of the dugout and do it and then run back in if he hadn't done it. Oh, if he forgot to. Yeah. <laughs> so he just had to do this. I, I don't understand. I mean... Well, it's well, a superstition. <laughs> you don't have to understand. Well, that's one that seemed to work for him, I think. Yeah, he yeah. ended up being like the best hitter ever. Well, speaking of best hitters and superstitions, um, there's another one that this one's kind of more gross than touching second base every time. But uh, <laughs> Mark McGuire, who is considered to be one of the best hitters of all time, you know, even though he was full, roids. Of, full of roids and juicing and whatever else, but he was still good at hitting a baseball. Um, apparently he used the same protective cup all through high school and all through his, I think it was 16 years in the major leagues. Oh yeah. From like the late eighties to the early two thousands. That's yeah. so gross. I, I <laughs> That's, there's, there's no way that thing was not totally just breaking down and in awful condition. And people give me props for having the same one for like what? Three years. Maybe they give you props for it. <laughs> no, no. How many people no. are you talking to about your cup? <laughs> not many uh, I could never even keep track of one I would lose it after like every season and have to get another one dad can I have a new cup <laughs> yeah it's like uh, but 
there's just so many. I mean, so yeah, there's there's tons of tons of superstitions and crazy things. And and if if anybody that listens to this wants to get on our our Facebook page and share some of your superstitions from baseball with us. Oh yeah, because I know everybody has at least one. I know another one of yours, Evan, is you get up to the plate. And you squeeze the big part of your bat before you put your hands around the small no, part. No, that actually actually does help. It's I, okay. There's no science behind it, <laughs> which makes it a superstition. <laughs> when I grab the handle, it feels smaller, and then I just feel like it helps me bat. I <laughs> feel like <laughs> you feel like that voodoo's helping you bat, huh? <laughs> uh, it's it's well, tough well. to it's tough to face your own superstitions and weirdnesses sometimes. Yeah, but. Anyway, yeah, superstitions are very fun. So now we've got a couple of uh, general reminders. Players, please, please, please practice at home. That's invaluable. Yeah, I know. I, I can't stress that enough because especially at the little league level and stuff, the coaches and the team managers and stuff are all volunteers and they are trying to give as much time to you as they can. But there's they're you know they've got full-time jobs they've right. got full-time families and you can't just go to one practice a week and expect to progress if you're not practicing on your own right you have to put you have to put some effort and time into playing if you really really want to improve right and that goes the other way for coaches too coaches you need to get to know your players and their personal needs and strengths i can't count the number of times i've seen coaches that just don't understand where their players are coming from, what their strengths are, what their needs are, and just put them in situations where they're not successful and, and don't have a good time. And when you're when you're doing that as a coach, you're not doing your job. Right. And also, baseball is a weakest link sport. So, yeah, you need to um, develop impr- players. Yeah, develop everybody yep. on the team. Right. Definitely. Well, thank you for that. I guess next week we're going to talk about team mentality and dealing with wins and losses as a group and as an individual, because both of those things, it's almost after a a loss, it's almost like grieving. You need to be (laughs) with your group of people and go through those processes, but you also need to be alone sometimes. There are also a couple stages of like your mental, like your, your mental stages of losing, you know? Like starts off with like intense madness. Yeah, (laughs) denial, (laughs) madness, sadness happiness like it just bargaining, goes on. bargaining. <laughs> it's all, there's all kinds yeah, throwing all your the hat stages. into the dirt <laughs> well we'll um sign off now and see you guys soon yeah can't wait